0: I want to welcome everybody by internet today. I want to thank you for being here. You know, for Valentine's Day, I've seen saw so many among us that are single or divorced, widowed, uh, believe in God for a mate and. It broke my heart, and I felt like God started dealing with me about the need to to speak about he heals the brokenhearted. But there's something about being healed and being restored to total and complete healing. My wife did a teaching years ago on the word sincere, and it was used as a pottery word that in Jeremiah, when you would go to buy pottery, there were vessels made of clay That were made totally whole. Then there was vessels that was called sincere. And those vessels. uh, Those pots that were cracked. The uh, parts that were cracked and broken. They would fill with wax. And they would sail. And the wax holds up for a while. But even after a while. The wax would start decaying. And then it would start leaking. And the Lord wants to make us and turns us, turn us into vessels that don't leak, but that can continue to grow and go forward and develop and hold everything that the Holy Spirit wants to put on the inside of us. And so it's not a matter of living a life faking, ignoring, denying. It's a matter of letting the Holy Spirit take us to the roots, to uproot the roots, but without destroying the fruit, as we saw last week. And that's what, something that God wants to do. Now, something I had read here lately, you know we're, this nation is over a 50% divorce rate, so you know there's tons and tons and hundreds of broken hearts as far as the divorce rate goes, but according to the studies, 75% of relationships separate. Most, 75% of the relationships will break up in a year. How I many you know that is a lot? That's a lot of heartbreak. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid and, you know, I, I, was, I would date little girls in second, third, fourth grade and all that, you know. Uh, it's like when, whenever they'd break up or I'd break up and, or usually they'd break up, uh, you know, and you'd have that heart, that puppy love heartbreak. How many of you thought, oh, my God, how can I live? Y'all remember those days? Oh, my God. She don't love me anymore. And, and she left me. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. <laughs> and, and I mean, your heart would just break and you would say, Oh my God, I, 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 she, she don't like me no more. And, 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 and you go crazy. And, and th- that would go on for a few times and you know, you'd you get heartbroken and you go home and you go hide in the woods and cry or do whatever you do, tell your friends. And it's like, how am I going to recover from this? But how many of you have found some of those people on Facebook now What they looked like 40-something years ago, what they look like now is a whole different thing. I hope they're not watching by internet, but I was like, thank God she broke up with me. I know there's a God, hallelujah. That would have been a nightmare. But at the moment, she was the one. And we've had kids, we've had to help them through puppy love, you know, like crying and all that other stuff sometimes and like you know how can i live like that song how can i live without you well you can't with the help of god and he wants to heal the brokenhearted amen and so when you get hurt you know it's so easy some of you may have never seen a vinyl record and i'm going to bring a 45 and show you later on but last week i played a song for you i want to see if this brings you back to any memories listen to this My is treating me cold, where can my baby be? Lord, no one knows. Pain in my heart just won't let, me sleep. won't let me sleep. the pain in my heart. Where can my baby, can my baby be? My baby? Where can she be? And now the day has began to get tough. I want you to come back, come back, come back, back, baby. Oh, Oh, I better stop it there. I see some of y'all starting to start. Come out, devil, in the name of Jesus. A few, about two years ago, I taught on a, the love song because what Adam told Eve was a love song. You're flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And so I played Edda James. And boy, you should have seen the church. Boy, I mean, they went all over saying, we played Edda James at our church the other day. Everybody else was talking about, they were playing worship and they had, you know, hill song and they had, you know, this and that. They, what did y'all church sing today? Edda James. Now you go home and say, what do they play today? is Redding. Boy, we're really spiritual, huh? <laughs> but you know, it's like you get that heartbroken and uh, that pain in my heart, and and I've gotten so many emails and and letters and Facebook since last week of people sharing their heart with me, and you know, we get so good at hiding, so good pretending, but oh, how many know there's a pain in your heart? And, and I read this, a, a lady went through a breakup and wrote, "What is pain?" She says. I haven't done anything. I'm not angry because we broke up. I'm sad because I can't let you go. I'm not angry at you for not loving me. I'm angry with me for still loving you. I'm not angry that I lost you. I'm sad because I once had you. I'm not angry that, you, that I can't have you. I'm just sad because now I'm missing you. I'm not angry that you've moved on. I'm just sad because I can't. I'm not angry that you won't come back. I'm sad because I keep hoping you will. I'm not angry because I hate you and don't want to. I'm sad because I miss you and I love you. And I thought, man, that explains so much, that pain, that so many of us know what it means, that hurt and that pain. But I love what somebody else wrote and said. If you don't have the right person yet, It's because God is still writing the best love story that you'll ever know, and it's yours. And so if you're here today and you're believing God for a mate, for a friend, you're believing God for that right one, you just know that you're waiting, and God is is preparing that perfect one for you in Jesus' name. Now, when you have that pain in your heart, and I've got some other things I'm gonna share, but, but I wanna go to this. As you remember, last May, last June, and July, I was in a cast. I broke my foot last May, and I was in a cast, and... You know, I asked the doctor after a few weeks, I said, can, can I, at least at night, start walking on my heel when I need to go to the restroom or something? I said, you know, to, to uh, put that cast on and then get the crutches and go to the restroom. I'm, I'm falling and I'm going to break the other leg if I don't watch it. So can I put some weight on that leg? And he says, no, because if that bone grows crooked, we'll have to re-break it and set it again. And I thought about that and something I want to share with some of you. As long as you're broken, you don't need to be in that relationship you're in. Because you can never grow straight and strong if you're still crooked. If you're still broken, and there's some people a month or two later, they're ready to fall in love again. Listen to me. It takes six months for your foot to start to heal, but it still takes longer than that. How about a broken heart? And you'll go from one relationship to another relationship, broken, and they'll continue to break you in that same area, if not worse. And we live our life wondering and blaming God and trying to find the answers. And, you know, why can't I make this work? It's kind of like when people come from other churches and I've had some get upset with me. They come from other churches and I talk to them and come to find out they've been hurt. So I say, well, listen, this is what we're going to do. They tell me about their ministries and all that. I said, this is what we're going to do. I want you just to come and sit down for six months and I want you to feel the heart of the church. I want you to get fed and I want you to get healed. Well, even in church, people don't want to be told that many times. They want a ministry now. But wait a minute, I'm a pastor it's not what you could do for the church it's about you being healed so you can continue doing for the church of jesus christ and so as long as there's a brokenness there it's a possibility of not standing the test of time but if you allow these bones that are broken to grow and men where it's broken ends up being stronger than before so you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to heal you in those places. And, and uh, I love to quote people, and I got a quote from Miss Piggy from the Muffets. She said, is there a cure for a broken heart? Only time can heal your broken heart. Just like only time can heal your broken arms and your broken legs. <laughs> That's what Miss Piggy said. Taylor Swift said, in, in one of her last songs she wrote, she said, I don't think the worst part was me losing you. It was me losing me. Boy, that is so good. In those broken areas and people who break you and hurt you, misuse you, abuse you, memories of the past. It's not that you lost them. You've lost a piece of you because you're losing your identity and and the hurt and the pain. And so you find so many times, it's like somebody said, if your ex, somebody say ex. If your ex asks you to still be friends after a breakup is just like a kidnapper telling you to call him later on. Can you imagine your, your kidnapper, he, you, the, he done stole this little girl, threw, him in, the, threw him in the trunk, the police find him and her, she, he gets in the squad car and he goes, call me. <laughs> Who's gonna call a kidnapper? Who's gonna call a kidnapper? But you will keep that friendship, uh-oh, and you'll keep that relationship And you'll go back time and time again hating yourself for going back but unable to control the urge to run back to that person who hurt you and abused you. And there's some roots we've got to get to. The Lord wants to heal us of all ages so that you can have the love story he's written out for you forever, happily ever after. But, but you cannot get what you want as long as you're broken. And he wants to heal you. Can I hear an amen? He wants to bring us to a place where we can receive healing. And I shared this scripture with you last week, and it says in Psalms 34, 18 through 19, the Lord is near those who have a what? broken heart thank god he's near to those who have a broken heart uh whenever you feel broken you feel that pain you feel that misery rising up holy spirit just come right now he's near to those who have a broken heart and such that have a contrite or a teachable spirit listen to me this is why it's so important he is near those who have a broken heart proverbs over and over again says this of all things guard and keep your heart because out of your heart flows the issues are the direction and the history of your life. Your heart directs your life. And if I'm living out of a broken heart, I'm going to have a broken life. And so I've got to work on these areas and, and, and develop them. And then the Bible says in verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, the good person, the right person, but the Lord, what? delivers them. I saw this this morning. The Lord delivers them out of them all. I believe that God is going to be doing, as we take communion today, as we get into this message, I believe that the Holy Spirit, the harvester, is going to bring some deliverance to some areas of your hearts and your lives so that you can be healed. Not only do some of us need healing, some of us need a deliverance. We need to be delivered from a root of rejection or self-hate. The Bible speaks about a spirit of bitterness. It's a spirit. That means that bitterness cannot be healed. It has to be delivered. There's some areas in our life that he's going to deliver us in. Thank God. And I want to be delivered. Can I hear an amen? Psalms 147.3 says, he heals. Somebody shout out heals. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up. Their are wounds. And that word "heal," uh, bruised in the, uh, and wounded in the Greek means shattered or broken into pieces. And I was speaking about the pottery, pot, the pot made out of pottery that is broken in pieces. And you can glue it back together. But if you're missing a piece, there'll always remain a hole there. There is a hole, an empty, a void that will always cause leakage in that area. God wants to put all the pieces, identify all the pieces, and put you totally back together again because you are worth loving, but you are worth somebody loving too can i hear an amen glory to god shout out i'm lovable i'm I'm a good catch i'm healed i'm I'm delivered i'm I'm getting married if you're not married amen (laughs) but one of the roots and broken pieces i shared last week is the area of false guilt And and I gave this scripture, and I want to go over it again last week. It's the parable of Christ, because so many people feel, you know, I've caused this upon myself. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, whatever a man sows, he'll reap. Pastor, I am reaping from my youth. I, I, I just continue to reap from my youth. My children are this way and that way because I'm reaping. But listen, the Bible wants you to know, and Jesus gave us this parable, there is the law of sowing and reaping. But Christ also taught us, as I love it here, this other, another story or the other side of the story, Jesus told, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted, everybody say with me, good seed. Say it again, good seed in his field, in his heart. That night as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat that slipped away in your sleep so unexpectedly in your sleep as a little girl somebody might have crawled in that bed with you and and took something precious from you and then threatened you with your life and then slipped away and wounded you forever I didn't do nothing to do I must have did I've even heard 12 my wife we've even heard 12 year old girls say I must have did it must have been my fault and they're grown ladies and they have blamed themselves even for it Or rape and abuse like that, the enemy has had them believe a lie that is something they did that caused this person to be so awful with them. The lies of the enemy, and he is the father of all lies. And it talks about why they slept. Here comes the enemy. And and through that, that 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 uh Uh, Weeds in the wheat. And it goes on, and when the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. And I read that and I thought, you know, as we begin to grow and develop in Christ, if we don't get to the roots of the weeds in our life, they both grow together. And when I get into a difficult place, the weeds seem to be more rooted than the fruit. They both grow together, but according to this parable, they're to grow together for just a certain length of time. It's not forever. But if we don't ever deal with these these weeds, they will grow up with the fruit. And our field, our heart will always be contaminated of good, but of hurts and pains and abuses. And it says, when the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. And the farmers' workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted the good seed, the good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? Where did this come from? What did I do to deserve this? This came out of nowhere. I don't understand it. And the wise farmer said, an enemy has done this thing. It's not that I didn't sow. There's not a problem in the seed. There's not a problem about the field. An enemy sowed this. An enemy planted this. And they go, should we pull out the weeds, they asked. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let them both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell, look at this, then I will tell the harvesters, the Holy Spirit, to sort out the weeds. Take note. Holy Spirit, sort out the weeds from the bad seeds from the fruit you sort them out because they said do you want us just to pull the weeds out he says if you pull the weeds out you'll pull the good with the bad the holy spirit has the knife that is able to cut asunder without hurting the fruit and just getting to the root of those weeds that are growing and contaminating and hurting your life and the life of others around you i believe the holy spirit is a harvester here I believe he knows every part of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And he wants to get into those areas and and point out hurts and pains in our lives so that he can come and he can touch us and we can be whole. While I slept, so unexpected, I woke up to a nightmare. I don't understand it. I don't know why I'm going through these things. I don't know why my friends are responding this way. I don't know why people are acting this way. I mean, there are times, you know, I know you like myself, we have helped people. I remember a few years ago I stayed up to one thirty in the morning talking this man out of suicide. He was in Texas on a business trip. He called me from the hotel room and he was planning on committing suicide and I stayed up to one one thirty in the morning praying with him and talking to him and When he came back home, we helped him and his wife and his four or five kids from losing their home. But then immediately, within a month, they had left the church and they left talking bad about me and I still to this day don 't know what I did for them to talk bad about me i don 't understand it, but in my heart of hearts, I know I did everything everything I could to help these people. But there are some people who are so wounded and hurt, they'll see things that don't even exist. And there's people who don't even know how to receive because they've been hurt so much by receiving that if you're giving me something, I'm going to end up paying for this. Oh, they're coming around. They need help again. And so, so many people have gone through, through life That the hurts there cause us to jump to conclusions. And so many times we jump to the conclusions and we put a lot of people in the same bag that they don't belong in. Not everybody is the same. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, don't judge another man's servant because the Lord is able to make him stand. Or in other words, we can't judge everybody the same because the Lord may be doing something or has done something in that life that is able to have them stand and they will end up being a blessing to you instead of what you're expecting is a curse. Oh, come on, this is good. This is life, this is real life. This is where the rubber meets the road here. The enemy sees the potential of your heart, of your life. And when he sees that potential, I know I shared this last week, but it was worth repeating. When he sees the potential of your heart, of your children's lives, the prodigal son had all the potential in the world. The father was a good father, had a good home, loved God, continued to be a godly man. It wasn't the father's problem, it wasn't the father's fault or the house's fault that the son, the youngest son, took everything and went into the world. It was just something about the enemy went and sowed seeds into that kid's heart. But listen to me, young people. The Bible says when that prodigal son got all of his inheritance and he went into the world like he wanted to, that once he ran out of all of his money, all those people he thought was his friends, abandoned him and left him for dead. And when he had nothing left to offer them, he ended up having to join himself to a pig farmer and eat while the pigs were eating. Where was his friends then? Be careful that your hurts, your pains, and your wounds don't cause you to keep company with people who are there just to use you and not be a blessing to you. Be careful you're not going back to people to misuse you and abuse you and continue to hurt you in the same area. Guard your heart, but guard your life. And so they sow these seeds and they see the potential and they want to come in. And I, and I love what it says here in James chapter one, two and four. It says, consider a sheer gift, friends. When, not if, but when. Tests and challenges come at you from all sides. I mean, it's like, where is this coming from? Where, where are this coming from? What, what did I do? What did I do? Wait a minute, don't take it personally. Well, no, you know that under pressure, your faith life it's forced into the open and shows its true colors. Look at this now. Talking about trying to get through something quickly. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Well, I'm just going to pull them weeds out. No, you'll pull the fruit out too. Well, I'll just do this. No, no. Wait a minute. Don't try to get out of it prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become, look at this, mature well-developed, and not deficient in any way. Not about just being a churchgoer. That's about being a disciple. That's about being a vessel that is matured and well-balanced and able to receive the things of God. But for that to happen, sometimes I need to get under certain pressure so that my faith, my heart, comes out in the open and is examined. Sometimes I have to get behind somebody who can't drive, to find out what's in my heart. Y'all wanna hear another story on me? Come on, on, I'm gonna remember that. Everybody tells me, they love to hear my stories. Let me tell you what happened. Not only was I able to uh, lay hands on brother, the governor, when he became uh, governor, brother Bobby Jindal, but uh, the mayor has had me participate in his inaugurations. And so my wife and I are going, we're in our suits, and we're going to the inauguration of the mayor, and I get behind this person, And the light turns green and they don't go. And so I go, uh, I got to go. I got to go. Are they going to go? And what was in my heart came out. And I honked a horn. Well, the person took off. And I took off behind them. They pulled in to City Hall. And I go, oh my God. I pull into City Hall and I say, Cindy, stay in the car, and let them get down and let them go inside first. Stay in the car, stay in the car. Well, they done saw me. And they get out and they go inside and we go inside with the city councilman and all that. And sure enough, the man I had honked my heart, at, heart, heart out at, horn at, was the city councilman. And him and his wife were sitting there and I had to go shake their hand. Hello, how you doing? I'm the one. I didn't tell him this, but I'm standing there. Oh, God, you know who I am. And now i got to preach and pray over the mayor in front of all of y'all. And I'm the impatient horn harker. (laughs) Under pressure, what comes out? And thank you all for laughing. (laughs) The pressure shows me what I need. How many has been watching the Bible? On TV how many are thankful that it's the most viewed program on TV right now isn't that a blessing talk about pressure under faith Noah having to build the boat that size when there's never been rain or a flood before and no river around and I'm gonna bring two animals on the side but isn't it something I love what Noah told his family as he was telling creation he said the reason we're in this boat is because of talking about Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel we're in this boat because of their choices and the coincidence of what their choices made that's why we're in here and that's why there's people banging on the outside of the boat that's what we're talking about here today having a healed heart to make the right choices but can you imagine when god told abraham after wanting a son so bad and they showed it on the program it's going to bring him up and we're going to sacrifice him as a as a a living sacrifice going to drive that knife through his heart how many of you know you start wondering god am i hearing you right The real faith is brought out when we're going through things that don't make any sense. And and I see I'm gonna have to hurry here and I want to tell the story about Moses and it says in Exodus chapter two, verse 23. Now it happened in the process of time the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and that word bondage means wounds and pain. They cried out because of their wounds and their pain they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the wounds of the pain. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, he, he heard their cry. And there's something about sometimes getting in between a hard place, a rock a hard place, getting in a position to where the real cry comes out. It's kind of like that commercial about first alert, that thing you put around your neck and it and, 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 you know, shows an elderly lady falling down and she says, I've fallen down and she presses that button. There's something about having a cry for help and a cry for help. And that first alert is to get somebody who's able to come help you, rescue you, pick you up, and bring you to where you need to be. That's the type of cry that finally got to God with these who were in their wounds. Sometimes we do have to hurt enough because in that hurt comes more revelation of whose God is. Because listen, it's not about just healing your wound because he wants to heal your wound. It's about healing your wound and teaching you through it so you don't have to be wounded that way anymore and that's what God was trying to do with the Israelites I could take you out of Egypt in one day but I'm not going to do it prematurely I'm going to make you go through 10 plagues before I take you out I'm going to harden the heart of Pharaoh because it's not just about your wound. I want all the world to know and I've got to do this to Pharaoh so the people in Jericho will fear you for the next 40 years. It's not just about your wound. It's about the promised land. I know what I'm doing, says God. I could heal your wound, but if I don't teach you in this wound, you'll never learn to grow. And so here's this time, and they're crying, and it says in 40, verse 30, it says, And Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses. And Moses performed miracles and signs as they watched. Here's all the church. Here's all the Israelites. Oh, praise God. Look, I got a stick and a trick. I got the leprosy. I got the stick. Look what God. And it says, The people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. And when they heard the Lord was concerned about them and seen their misery, they bowed down in worship. Oh, thank God I'm free. Thank God we're getting out of here. Thank God, God. God has heard our cry thank God he's gonna deliver us they were convinced and they were sure that they were being rescued but Pharaoh said you're so bored that you got time to worship your God you got to make the same amount of bricks but you got to get your own straw and if you don't make the same amount of bricks you'll be punished so then what happens to these confident people verse 20 as they left Pharaoh's cart, Aaron and Moses they, the worship team, they, those who were convinced, they confronted Moses and Aaron who were waiting outside for them. And the foreman said to them, May the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword into their hands, an excuse to kill us. Boy, there's the convinced crowd. One minute revival. Now it's we're going to kill you. Didn't they do that to Jesus? They say Hosanna one day and cried out, crucify him the next. And Moses and Aaron had them all convinced. And then here they go saying, look what you've done. And then in verse 22 it says, then Moses went back to the Lord and protested. Oh, people are coming against me, so I go and I protest to God. And and look at all the time, look here, and, and it says, then Moses went back to the Lord and protested. Look at all the whys. Why have you, brought all this trouble on your own people lord why did you send me even since i came to pharaoh as your spokesman he has been even more brutal with your people and you have done nothing to rescue them such pain that if we're not blaming others we're blaming god God, you could have took care of this. You could have healed me when I asked you to. You could have healed my marriage. We get so upset that we start blaming God. But he's working in us and he wants to teach us how to heal us through that broken spirit. And I want to hurry and read through this right quick. Exodus 6, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. This is not just about your wound. It's about your enemy too. For with a strong hand he will not let you go, and with a strong hand he will uh, will drive them out of this land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I want to give you another revelation, he's saying. Verse 4, I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land in Canaan and the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard, thank God, I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage or pain and wounded. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under your burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from your wounds, your bondages. I will redeem you with my outstretched arm and great judgments. Look at verse 7. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens or the wounds of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land that I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Here we go. As I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord your God. Now look what happens. But they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and the wound. Church. God was saying, I'm not only going to try to get them out of Egypt. I want to get the wounds of Egypt out of them. You have been wounded in other marriages. You have been wounded maybe in other churches. You have been wounded on jobs with parents, with kids. You have been wounded in all of these ways. And for you to be able to be the testimony of the glory of God tabernacled in you. I've got to heal you of your wounds of where you've been so you can heal the wounds of those who are coming. We talk about God had to take Egypt out of them. He had to take the wounds of Egypt out of them. I want you to see this part here. Because of their wounds, they couldn't hear. That's the danger about overlooking the roots of wounds. Somebody can sit down with you for an hour, two or three hours, and tell you the truth, and a wounded person will not hear. Oh, come on. When somebody's been so wounded, so hurt, so devastated, so much resentment, so much bitterness, so much pain, it, they cannot hear the truth that sets them free. I'm hurting so bad, I cannot hear you. I cannot believe, I cannot accept what you're telling me. And that's when you know the wound is a stronghold. It won't let you hear. Jesus even said, constantly hearing, but never really getting. And the Holy Spirit is talking here about the children of Israel. They, they, they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, not that they didn't believe, but their wounds kept them in Egypt. Your wound in your last marriage is still keeping you under the abuse of the last marriage. You need to be healed. Your wound in your home, the wounds you've been through, The hurts and the pains, the discouragements is still keeping you in the wilderness and not allowing you to progress and go forward. These are the wounds that the Lord wants to touch and he wants to heal. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We will not our allow heart, our, our heart to be broken. Even though our outward man is perishing and the inward man is being renewed day by day, for our light afflictions which is but for a moment is working for us, a far more exceeding the eternal weight of glory. And it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. Every detail of your life, of your past, your present, your future, Your wounds, the cause of the wounds. He delights in working and helping and uprooting those wounds. So many people, why can't I have peace? Why can't I walk in joy? Why can't I see more of this and more of that? Why can't I give love? Why can't I receive love? Why can't I receive instruction? Why can't I change? Why do I want to change? All these roots and all these wounds keep us just locked down, not listening, Even when wisdom, according to Proverbs chapter 1, when wisdom is speaking, the fool in his heart is not listening. Or the one who has been wounded is not listening, listening, even though the wisdom of God is being spoken. So God wants to deliver us. Can I hear an amen?